Wake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Was it not under your control still? 
Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You do not lie to men, but to God. And as he heard these words, Ananias fell down and breathed his life. And great fear came over all who heard him. I'm sure. The young men got up, covered him up. After carrying him out, they buried him. That was fast. Verse 7. Now in the last interval of about three hours, and his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And he responded to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for such and such a price. She said, Yes, that was the price. And Peter said to her, Why is it that you have agreed together to put the Spirit of the Lord to the test? Behold, the feet of those who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out as well. And immediately she fell at his feet and breathed her last, and the young men came in and found her dead. And they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard of these things. There's no sloppy grace in here, is there? Pretty amazing. There is the great grace of God, but there is also a seriousness with God of people related to people who are lying to try and look as though they are sacrificing or giving something greater than they really are. That deception, the Lord did not tolerate in this case. There's a lot of signs going on, wonders going on, a lot of power going on. And this was something that the Lord did not tolerate. Pretty amazing. This is the New Testament. This is the only example like this we'll find in the New Testament. Uh, quite like this, but it certainly highlights the seriousness of being honest before God. And also, you know, for myself, I own check in my own spirit to make sure that, uh, that I, that we are never portraying that we're doing something greater or sacrificing something greater than we are. Uh, we'll fall down dead, but it's clearly we want to make sure that we live in the light as He is in the light. And that we are being honest. I've certainly observed throughout my Christian walk with God that God really likes honesty. Even if it's really bad what has happened, or what really bad what comes out of our heart. But to be honest with God, to put it out there, and to say, this is what I'm feeling, or this is what I'm thinking, or this is the last thing I'd like to do, but to get that out and be honest with Him, His forgiveness and grace. There's mercy always. It's incredible. But hiding, just how many did right off the bat when they sinned, is instead of being honest with God, they hid. Here was Ananias and Sapphira, another couple. They were lying to the Holy Spirit. As if they could fool God. But they were trying to make themselves look better in the eyes of everyone else. My guess is they had a genuine experience with God. They probably were moved by what they saw going on in the church, maybe Peter speaking, maybe they got healed or something like that. They became a part of Peter, knew their name. Ananias knew his first name. They were known among this group. But there was something inside of them that wanted to be known in a different way. Someone who was just so generous and giving huge when they really weren't that much. And the Lord didn't tolerate that. Pretty, pretty crazy, really. 
But boy, you know, we, we need an hour, like you've heard me say many times, invisibly in our land and in our world for honesty. Think of the leaders, uh, whether it's presidential level, prime minister level, government minister level, whatever around the world in every country, the amount of corruption and lying and using what is intended for someone else for themselves is really high throughout the world. And I think really, you've heard me say, when Jesus returns, I believe one of the first things he's going to do is rise the back of corruption around the world. I think that's going to be dealt with immediately. Um, we can't fix all this stuff, but there's a seriousness, and it will be dealt with. The Lord will deal with all of those things. For everyone. Verse 12, at the end of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people. And they were all in one accord in Solomon's portico, but none of the rest dared to associate with them. However, the people held them in high esteem. And all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women were constantly added to their number. To such an extent that they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and pallets so that when Peter came by, at least the shadow might fall on any one of them. They're hoping that the shadow of Peter hits them and they get healed. That's some serious revival and awakening this morning. And people know where the power is. Lord, do that again. Also, the people, verse 16, from the cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together, bringing people who were sick or afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all being healed. Verse 17, but the high priest rose up. Well, these are the same high priest, but they changed year to year. But this was certainly a high priest that had been around when Jesus was crucified not that long before this, along with all his associates. Soviets and respect to the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. Now, we've seen this before. This is how Jesus got crucified, because they were jealous, they were envious of the people following. And they didn't want to, you know, the word jealousy means you, you don't want to lose what you have. In other words, you're jealous, so you, you don't want to lose the followers that you have, or those that esteem you great, you don't want to lose that influence with those people. Envy's completely different. Envy's wanting what someone else has. Jealousy, you don't want to lose what you have. Envy, you don't you, you want to gain what someone else has. You want to recover And both of these are at play here with them. The Bible says that about these leaders. They were filled with jealousy. Verse 18, they laid hands on the apostles. There are different kinds of laying of hands. This is not the time we do here. And put them in a public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the gates of the prison. And taking them out, he said, Go, stand and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life. Go, go to the temple in the morning, start preaching, and tell them the whole message, not part of it. The whole message of this life, share the gospel from Genesis all the way through, of what is real. And upon hearing this, they entered into the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now, when the high priest and his associates came, they got up in the morning, they called the council together, even all the Senate 
it's used over and over. It really means like, you, it's, it's like a piercing with a knife. You go through the dead skin where you don't feel anything, and you get like, to something really sensible. It's like, ah! They were cut to the quick in the spirit by hearing this. These words, that to them were an accusation against them. And they got really angry. They were cut to the quick wherever I am. This verse is that. Thank you. And they intended to kill them. But a Pharisee named Galileo, a teacher of the law, I remember his name too, Paul talked about it. Right? Paul said, I was taught under the great Galileo later in the book of Acts. We'll get there, hopefully. A teacher of the law, respected by all the people, stood up in the council and gave orders to put the men outside for a short time. And he said to the rest of the men in the council, Men of Israel, take care what you propose to do with these men. For some time ago, Judas rose up claiming to be somebody, and a group of about 400 men joined up with him, because he was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away some people after him. He too perished, and all those who followed him were scattered. So in this present case, I say to you, stay away from these people and let them alone, for if this plan or action is of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them, or else you may even be found fighting against God. I don't know what's going on inside of him, but there's some wisdom there. It would be great if he would have said these guys are the real deal, but he, he came close. Verse 40. They took his advice, and after calling the apostles in, they flogged him. In order them not to speak to the name of Jesus. Again, what's there is that they wouldn't do. Or they wouldn't listen to that. And then released them. Verse 41. So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. And every day in the temple, and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. And every time it says, you know, preaching Jesus as the Christ, you know what that means? He's telling them. They are telling them he's the Messiah. Christ really means Messiah. He's the anointed one. He's the one we've been waiting for all these years. They keep kept preaching Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one. He's the Messiah. And then going to chapter 6. This is where a shift begins in the book of Acts. From talking about the apostles to other people. Verse 1, now at this time... While the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews. These are Jews. We see Hellenistic Jews in here. That really means that they are Jewish people, but they probably grew up in another country and they're speaking Greek. So Hebrew is necessarily their first language that they're using now. They know Hebrew, but they're going to be speaking Greek as well. So they were identified. They were a little different. The, the, the Jews who only spoke Hebrew kind of looked down on the Hellenistic. Jews, so they were Jews, because they weren't using the mother tongue as well. So there was a little bit of condescension there from, from the Hellenistic Jews. Now, the Hellenistic Jews are not happy because, excuse me, because the native Hebrews, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So there's so much going on here as the Spirit of God is moving that they're now having a feeding program going on and feeding the widows. But some of these widows, the Hellenistic ones, they're not being fed. So, there's some problems there. So the 12th son of the congregation of the disciples, 
is that it's not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, verse 3, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of spirit and of wisdom. It's not a good guy. So good reputation, they're full of spirit, which we've been paying attention to throughout the book of Acts, how many times it says this, those that were full of the Holy Spirit. And of wisdom, who we may put in charge of this task, but we will devote ourselves to prayer, to the ministry of the Word. Verse 5, the statement found approval of the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. He, he stands out. He is full of something. Not loving. He's full of faith, and he's full of the Holy Spirit. How they can tell, I'm not exactly sure. But by looking at him, by knowing him, here's a man. You know, you've seen people like this, too. That's probably how we know, right? You see people that call us, that person, they're full of the Spirit. They are, just like, yeah, they're robust with the Spirit of God. They saw that on Stephen. And Philip, the chorus, Menor, Timon, not Puba and Timon, Timon, Permenus, and Menos, a proselyte from Antioch, and these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. Notice anything about the names of these guys? Not one of them is a Hebrew name. These are all Greek names. In other words, I think they chose all Hellenistic Jews to speak all of those. All these guys, even Stephen is a, is a Greek name. And these they brought from the apostles and prayed them with hands on them in the right way. Verse 7 The word of God kept on spreading, and the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem, and great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. And Stephen, here is his full of other stuff, full of grace and power. So he's full of the Holy Spirit, he's full of wisdom, he's full of faith. And he's also full of grace and power. May that be said about us. Wouldn't that be a great thing that people say that about you? You're full of Holy Spirit, you're full of wisdom, you're full of grace and power. He was performing great wonders and signs among the people. You see, one who serves doesn't limit what God can do through them. In any other way. In fact, serving other people almost paves the way for the Holy Spirit to use us in faith to do even greater things. Stephen was chosen to serve tables. Next thing you know, he's doing miracles. I love that. Verse 9. But some men from what was called the synagogue of the freedmen, sometimes the names are not identified exactly what's going on. Including both Sardinians and Algerians and some from Cilicia and Asia rose up and argued with Stephen that they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Then they secretly induced men to say, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Did you see what happens when someone can't argue with you? They just want to accuse you of something. That's what they did here. They did that to Jesus as well. Verse 12, and they stirred up the people, the elders of the scribes, and they came up to him and dragged him away 
and brought them before the council, which kind of people are busy with. All these people preaching in Jesus. They put forward false witnesses who said, This man incessantly speaks against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that, the Nazareth, that this Nazareth in Jesus will destroy this place and alter the customs of Moses handed down to us. And fixing their gaze on him, all who were sitting in the council saw his face like the face of an angel. Just like the guy is disappearing from prison, there should have been something I see you kind of take to this. Because he's glowing like an angel. Even though I don't like him or what he's done, there should be some sort of faith in him, there wasn't. And we're going to go through just a little bit of chapter 7 and realize what time it is. Bear with me just a few moments. Chapter 7 continues. The high priest said, Are these things so? Stephen says, Hear me, brethren and fathers. He begins sharing with them basically a story of the history of Israel. Starting with Abraham, he goes through to Moses, to David, to King Solomon. When it is here, down to verse 50, 51 actually, after he basically tells us the story of history, in the middle of the story, actually verse 39, he says, Our fathers were unwilling to be obedient, but repudiated him, and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. So he is saying, Our fathers, not just theirs, but our fathers, they didn't listen to Moses like they should have. And then he blasts them. Verse 51. You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You're always resisting the Holy Spirit. Have something to pay attention to for, for me, for all of us too. To not resist the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit want to do in this situation? What is the Holy Spirit doing in this moment? What is He Thinking about it, it may not be in line with my agenda, in line with what I want to do. You see that throughout the scriptures, even the story that Stephen just told them, we don't want to resist the Holy Spirit. But say, yes, Holy Spirit, what is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to say? He said, you're doing just as your fathers did. In other words, the counsel of all these Leaders saw themselves like Abraham and Moses. Stephen says, basically God speaking through him, no, you're not like Abraham and Moses, you're like the people who were against them. You're like the idol worshippers. Now, that makes sense to well with these guys. And then he says, which one of those prophets did your fathers not persecute? He's saying, this is your, your family, your spiritual heritage, or those who were persecuting the prophets of God, not deep, your deep prophets of God. They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. And that was a true state because they just killed Jesus. You received the law as ordained by angels and yet did not keep it. Verse 54, when they heard this, Here's this idiom again. They were cut to the quick. It went all the way in. Those words went all the way in. It hit them, and they began gnashing their teeth at him. Verse 55, but being full of the Holy Spirit, we've heard that before. This is Stephen. 
being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven. His spiritual eyes were opened, and he saw the glory of God. And he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. You know, whenever I've been at a sports event or you're watching on TV, a team that I like, and an athlete does something, it's, you know, incredible. I don't even think about it, but I stand my feet. And you jump to your feet, you cheer, your arms go up in the air, and say, wow, you got to be kidding. I was amazing. That is Jesus watching Stephen's feet. It says, just before this, in the beginning of this book of Acts, Jesus ascended to heaven, and he goes next to the Father, and for the first time in 33 years, really, he sits down next to his Father, the right hand of the Father, taking his place, seated in authority over all heaven and all the earth. And here we are, it's a little bit later, he jumps to his feet because of Stephen's faith, because of his words, because when he was carried full of the Spirit, saying the truth, Jesus stands up next to the Father. That's an incredible scene right there. But they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears and rushed him with one impulse. When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of the young man that he saw. Galileo would have been there, and here's his tutor, or the one who's tutoring him, who saw. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive our spirit. Then following on his knees, he cried out, oh, stoning him from the biggest part. He was a loud voice, Lord! Do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. He said something like that. Jesus. Jesus said, as he was done with one of his last words, do not hold this sin against them. They know not what they do. He does speak it when they cast it. And when we are full of the Spirit, we can see the kind of things that Jesus said. We're full of the Spirit, we can do the kind of things that Jesus did. And have the same heart for people and love for people that Jesus has. To want to instead of fight back or ask God to burn them up because they're throwing stones at them, to say, Would you please forgive them? They do not know what to do. That is a changed man and a full of the Spirit person. That doesn't happen naturally. Does that happen anyway? How about you guys? When you're mistreated, and here is Stephen, a man full of the Spirit. He was not an apostle, but man, he gave Jesus to stand up cheering for you. He's doing something right. And that ends that chapter, chapter 7. We'll stop there. Lord, I'm supposed to say thank you for these words. And this story, and that man, Stephen, servant of tables, servant of the widows, that he used to serve you 
in every way. Lord, thank you for your word and your power. Thank you for your spirit that is real this moment and this day as he was that day inside of fear. Here to be received, that we could be those that instead of us, there's Matt. There's your name. Full of the Holy Spirit. Full of wisdom. Full of grace. Full of power. Full of faith. Fill us, Lord. Even now, in this moment, we ask Holy Spirit, if you're here, to fill us. To fill us that we want to behave like Stephen, like Jesus. To have those words of forgiveness when we are mistreated. That we would love in return. That we would forgive in return. That we would not swing things back in return. That we would forgive. Changes into different people, Holy Spirit, as Stephen was changed. And I pray that you grow our faith to believe you to step out in you and to watch you change the world through us. We give you our lives, we give you our hands, our voices, our lungs, our thoughts, our minds today. And through this week, Holy Spirit has to speak to us and use us to touch someone this week, to share the whole message of this life. The beautiful gospel and the words you can change us into another person. Save the lost. Heal the sick. Heal the lame, Lord. All those who are struggling. All those who need your help. All those who are laden. Heal and set free. God bless these here today, Lord. Bless this family. Every member, every person, every life, their jobs, their homes, their marriages. In the name of Jesus, we lift your name up and say, thank you, Jesus, we've got to worship you today. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.